Hey, I just got back from lunch. Did you finish that report yet? Uh, well, not exactly. I'm still working on it. I'm not finished just yet. Uh, I got a little sidetracked, but I will get them to you first thing this afternoon. <laughs> it is first thing this afternoon. Well, yeah, I, I understand that, but I mean, I, I am working on it. But I'll, I'll have what a, do you mean that the report isn't finished yet? I'm, I'm still in the process of working on it. I've just been a little distracted. T distracted? Our meeting starts in an hour. You, no, no. What were you doing? Were you listening to another hunting podcast again? I swear, I give the staff in this office the freedom to do whatever they want to do as long as they meet a deadline. That is the first bullet underneath your job description. Pays attention to detail and deadline. And deadline. Dude, are you even listening to me right now? Welcome to episode 156 of the Whitetail Distraction Podcast. My name is Charles. Unfortunately, Austin is not joining me for the intro as he is at work currently. We needed an intro last second to put in front of this episode because we split it as a two-part episode. So you are getting Whiskey and Whitetails part two, guys. This episode is going to be just as good as the first one. I guarantee you all will stay very interested in this topic as we discuss a lot about pairing and pairing whiskey with wild game. And I know that's probably one of the biggest things guys that want to enjoy a good cup of whiskey or bourbon or whatever it is with the wild game that they kill, that they take. So that's what we're going to cover for the most part here. Before we get in that episode, I just want to cover our partners real quick. I want to make a huge shout out and thank you to Scree. Scree is something that we have been wearing their gear, their clothing for the last couple hunts of this early season has kept us very comfortable. And really that is the main key for me is to make sure I'm comfortable when I'm out in the woods. So huge shout out for Scree. Go check out their outlet. They have a lot of items right now up to 40% off. If you're looking for that late gear stuff, they have some of the Guardian series, the Kodiak pants, really cheap. They also have the hard scrabble pants right now for under $100 on sale, which is a killer deal. That's an all season wear pant. Absolutely love that pant. I've had the same pair for six years with literally no wear and tear on it at all. It's it's amazing. So go check that out. Give them a like, give them a follow on Instagram, check them out on YouTube. They have some new videos that they're posting as well. They're also going to be part of our fall giveaway that we will announce soon. We're kind of in the works with that and what we're going to do with a fall giveaway for you guys, for our Patreon members. We're going to include everybody, but we're also going to give that extra little piece of the pie to the Patreon members. So if you're interested, go join our Patreon, check it out. We have a Marco Polo group that we talk weekly, daily, I should say hourly, we're talking in there. And we do a lot of shot challenges and different things that are Patreon exclusive. So check that out. Also, VIP Broadheads, VIParchery.com. Check those guys out. Matt and Cindy, some of the greatest people you ever meet, some of the greatest people to ever own a company. And I can't stress it enough to support phenomenal people. So VIParchery.com, go get your Broadheads. It's not too late. They'll get to you quickly. You're going to need those new broadheads sharp, ready to go, out of the package, ready to kill animals the minute you get them in your door. So go get yourself some broadheads. We shoot the combat veterans. That's what we love. But they have a whole line of great broadheads. I think that's about it. It's very weird doing an intro by yourself. So I'm going to go ahead and let this episode just go ahead and play. Again, this is a two-part episode. We're going to start up right where we left off from last episode. And here it is. Are we hurting again? We're back. 
Oh, we're back. All right, at 10.53 p.m., we're looking at Tropical Storm Idea is uh, is hitting Yamasee right now, or Yamasee, excuse me. So we're, um, which is about an hour from Walterboro. So we're looking at about two hours from now, we'll be full-fledged hurricane. Or whatever oh, the fuck damn. it is, Tropical hurricane Storm. Hurricane party, baby. So <laughs> I tell you this, all the sound I was hearing has kind of stopped. I, I don't hear anything now. You're in the eye. Calm before the storm or what? <laughs> Yeah. No, I mean we're still getting hit by bands. On yeah. I just don't think it's that bad. I think the storm's dying down. Yeah. From uh, from my Florida buddies, they they basically said that some of the bands hit hard. They hit quick, but they were like just real quick and done. And then the next Dude, one today, hit. our early bands were 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 pretty fucking hardcore. Um, and then I think around five, it it really like kind of died down. It's it's. I mean, my neighbor. I watched my neighbor's house. Just uh, he has a he had hired tree tremors before the hurricane they showed up and they were like we don't have the equipment or whatever and so then they he was like they'll give me a discount if you'll let him we have palm trees here he was like if you'll let him trim your palm trees for 50 dollars a piece well my palm trees I'm, I'm typically pretty anal about it but this year we had a deep freeze like you remember that gus it was like it was cold i mean deep freeze in south carolina is like 30 <laughs> degrees but we had a deep free, it was like 30 degrees for like four days and um and it killed, I thought it killed my palm tree, but it didn't. It's it's doing good. But all the fronds, palm fronds that are on it, um, they've all fallen down. They're weak. And uh, he was like, 50 bucks, I'll trim them. And I'm like, dude, I'm pretty sure this hurricane is going to trim them for me. Because they were they were torn <laughs> down anyway. They were weak. Yeah. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> I but, love it. So I'm watching my neighbor's house, and he's got this tree up there that they didn't prune in time. Because today is the hurricane. And I'm sitting there watching it. And you know, it saw, you know how a house is built. You have a peak at the top yep. and it's open to let i don't know if pennsylvania builds houses like we do but the top of our houses are open and then they, they put what's called a soffit across the top oh yeah to we allow have the air escape okay yep so i'm sitting here in my kitchen watching his uh his neighbor's oak tree just mutilate his <laughs> culture today I hope we don't get into that conversation, but if we do, awesome. But I'm watching these trees just like tear apart his roof and just peel back the faucet. And I'm just sitting there like, man, you're, he's like, what do I do? Do I get a ladder? And I'm like, his roof is like a, I used to do roofing. And I'm like, dude, that roof is too steep for you to be on when it's wet, but you do you. And he's like, we go with me. I'm like, absolutely fucking not. <laughs> but uh, He's like, I'm going to climb the roof, you know? And I'm like, don't fucking climb the roof. Anyway, I'm just watching this tree just mutilate his roof, peeling the faucet back. He's got a water uh, leak right now. Yeah, Whenever this hurricane gets here, he's going to have a water leak. Oh, no. bad for him. But I feel I'm not going to risk my too. life. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's not worth it. Not worth it. You can always fix the roof later. Yeah. What other but, questions did you well, have? I thought or, it was funny when you were explaining, you know, the, I, I really like the way you compared what we explained and how you explained it for a, a bottle because – my wife was with me and I'm sitting, I'm that kind of person that just, uh, I'll dwell on a decision for an hour if you let me and I'll stand there and just stare blankly. And she yeah. literally picked it out because she liked the way the bottle looked. She okay, said, that one, works. yeah, she said, that one looks better. You should go oh. with that one. I said, okay, I agree with you. Good I enough think for it me. Does what, was look the, good. what was the one you picked? Was the, the uh, Woodford Reserve double oaked. Yeah, dude. So she fucking, she saved my ass. I almost bought that, yeah. the, the dead guy. <laughs> I almost bought that just well, because he had a cool little dead dude the, on, on top. <laughs> the, the, the more so outside of Whistlepig. Okay. Um, there was Whistlepig. Not, there. Outside of Whistlepig, do not spend money on decorations. Whistlepig, crazy distillery, they have a um I'm not gonna know the name, but like whatever the fucking metal's made out of. They have an actual metal shop there 
even metal shop is the wrong term. They make their own tops and they have these casts where they uh, they create their own tops. So like most of the tops are the same, but some of them are, are absolutely crazy. Like they have um, a Samurai, which is like a $500 bottle. Damn. And those are handmade toppers for that bottle. So, but that's really thinking about it. That's really the only company I could think of that has a topper outside of Blands. Really. Fuck Blands. But uh, <laughs> that's the only topper I could think of that it's like, that's worth spending the money. But everyone else, man, usually when they have these huge toppers on them, they're, they're, they're trying to make you buy the product. It's, yeah. it's literally the, the more flashy it is, the more you should be concerned. It's kind of like fishing lures, right? I mean, some fishing lures are out there to catch fish. Some fishing lures are out there to catch the fishermen. Catch, right, 100%. Yep, that's exactly right. That's a great analogy. I'm actually going to use that. (laughs) You're more than welcome to, absolutely. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense because uh, most of the classes we teach are with outdoorsmen. We don't really fuck around with normies, but, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, it is. I, I think so it's t- great. I wish, honest to God, I wish I'd had this podcast prior to probably the most expensive bottle I've ever tried in my life, which was a Pappy's bottle. Uh, my buddy got married last year and his mother is a, basically a district manager for across Kentucky, PA, couple different states. She has a connection in Kentucky who gets these insane bottles, sells them to her basically 50% off. I'm pretty sure it was like a $6,000 bottle of Pappies. I could be totally wrong here, but I'm pretty sure that's what I was told. It's I don't think you're wrong. Okay. I had it. It but was it, phenomenal. But here's but I didn't appreciate well, it. Here's the thing about Pappy. Here here's the thing about all Buffalo Trace product. All Buffalo Trace product like what's the best way muzzy. Okay. Solid. Buffalo Trace is muzzy. I mean, that's the easiest way, right, Gus? Like, I mean, not 100%. I'm not, like, saying, like, both of you know what I mean? But, like, the you go to a hunting store, yeah. and, and like, that's, you see a bunch of muzzy shit. Yeah. And then everybody you know shoots muzzy. Everybody says muzzy's the best, muzzy's the best, because they, that's all they see at their local corporate-owned hunting store. But you go to, like, a mom-and-pop shop, or you actually talk to somebody that makes broadheads, and they're like, Muzzy is like the biggest fucking garbage you can get. <laughs> and, and that's kind of the way Buffalo Trace is. Now, I'm not talking shit. Like I've, I said earlier in the podcast, Eagle Rare is delicious. I, I love Eagle. If I see Eagle Rare under 40 bucks, I'm buying it 100% all day. But like the Eagle Rare thing, like if you were to buy Eagle Rare for $100, I'm no longer interested. I, I don't think I'd even buy it at 80. Yeah, really? Like at the 40, 40 buck range, yeah. like. I'm all, I'm all in. It's it's good stuff. Okay, so but when we start talking about Pappy and Blands, yeah. like Blands, when I was drinking Blands back in the day, it was fifty bucks, sixty bucks. That's what it cost. And so I could buy it when the secondary market showed up. I don't do secondary, but like I could buy Blands for forty, fifty bucks. And then if I wanted to trade it for something that was worth a hundred, I could. But now today, Blands is like one hundred thirty dollars. And so this. This leads into the conversation of proof. So this doesn't really mean anything. It's just something to know. So proof, what is the word proof? So we know ABV and proof. So ABV is half of proof. So it's 50 ABV, that's 100 proof. So the United States government, long time ago, like we said, decided that whiskey should be 100 proof. But so at 100 proof, that's what the United States government was like. We're gonna. It needs to be four years old. It needs to be untainted. It needs to be from one distiller. It needs to be all these things. 
and we, we wanted to be a hundred proof. So if they made all these distinctions and said it's got to be hundred proof, why? Why why does it need to be a hundred proof? Why is the government saying a hundred proof is is what whiskey should be? Well, I think the reason why is because that's probably what whiskey's supposed to be, right? So what proof is is they used to take whiskey and gunpowder and they'd mix it together. So you take half an ounce of whiskey, half an and we did a live with um local company that's uh they have a food boat where they bring chefs on or whatever, and I proved it on the food boat. So you take whatever the measurement is, 50% whiskey, 50% gunpowder, you mix it together, you light it on fire. If it if the if you light it on fire and it goes and it dies, that's low proof. You light it on fire and it goes and it explodes, that's some high proof shit. You light it on fire and it burns perfectly. That's a hundred proof. And so the government was like, this is what whiskey is supposed to be. You mix it with gunpowder. You mix the whiskey. It burns good. So whatever that number is, and they use an alcoholometer. And so they were like, that's this number. And they assigned it the number 100. It's kind of like Vegas odds. Like you bet Vegas odds, you know, it's plus 220. So zero is a hundred. In order to win $220, you got to bet a hundred. That means that's the underdog. You bet a hundred bucks, you're gonna win two twenty. It's the underdog. In order to win a hundred dollars, this Vegas odd is minus one ten. So you got to bet minus one ten, and then you'll win a hundred bucks. So it's the same way with the whiskey. They were like, "This is the way it's got to be." So that's how they determined proof. So hundred proof whiskey is what it's supposed to be. So if you drink under hundred proof or over hundred proof, it doesn't really matter. It is what it is. It's where your palate is. So Gus likes 90 to 100 proof. I like 100 to 160. Oh, well, 153 is like the highest I've ever ever gone to. And that was actually a Jack Daniels product. But I like high proof whiskey. I like to taste 150 proof and it tastes like it's 100 proof. Where Gus likes to taste 100 proof. You know what I mean? It's, it's, It's hard to like assimilate what this actually means. But 100 proof is where you shoot for. So the reason that I have a problem with Blanton's is like, why are y'all tripped up over under under proof? I don't understand it. It's making sense. Yes. <laughs> that you know what I mean. So my point. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I think that's funny because um you make a really good point there that I would not have picked up on because when I was looking at that wall, I basically wrote off a lot of those thirty dollar, forty dollar bottles. Just wrote them off and I was like, look, I'm looking for something nice. I'm looking for something that I wanna bring to this and have Austin try and it's going to be good quality shit. But now you're, you guys are basically saying, Hey, don't look past these 30, $40 bottles. That's where you want to be. So it depends. Like I said, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it gotta depends. be, but oftentimes when we, we, we tell this in our classes and, and conversation we have price is indicative generally of, um, availability or, or, or how rare it is. So the okay. more expensive something is, it generally means that uh, less of it was produced and it's harder to get a hold of. It doesn't necessarily mean, right. Um, you know, like, like, like I said, Evan Williams bottled and bond you can get for 25 bucks. And that's because it's produced unmasked by Evan Williams. You can get it just about anywhere in the country, but it is a, an excellent product. Same thing with wild Turkey one Oh one, same thing with um, Jim beam white label, you know, pick, pick, pick one, right. That, that you see regularly. They're cheap because they are produced regularly, produced with consistency, um, and you can you can bet money on picking that up pretty much anywhere in the country, and it being and tasting exactly the way you expect. Very um, well said. Yeah. So it's 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 not necessarily about um, 
it being expensive being super super great i've i've tasted whiskeys that were from bottles that cost 160 bucks and i i wouldn't give it to a friend for free (laughs) you know what i mean like it was just not good at all (laughs) yeah but it's very rare. It was some experiment that the distillery did, and it made it sort of a, a novelty, and they decided to slap a big price tag on it. Doesn't mean it's good stuff. Um, that being said, I mean there are there are some some whiskeys that are expensive, and they're great. They're, they're great stuff, but it's just not always the case. That makes sense. I mean, even take this Jefferson Reserve for instance. I mean, I scoffed at it when I first tried it. I I'm, what did I compare it to? Mixing cement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got that as a gift. Mm-hmm. It's a good bottle. I don't care for it whatsoever. I smelled it a second time. Now, you're smelling it right out of the bottle, obviously, but that's something that I personally, and I don't know whether it goes back in the conversation of, you know, the first thing that you tried and in, in a tasting, but that's something that I would, uh, I would avoid like the plague. Now, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it was that bad. I, would drink I did not like that. I did not care I, for I that. think I would drink it again, just maybe not. I wouldn't drink it neat. I would, you know, I would, I would probably drink that, you know, on the rocks or maybe even make a cocktail out of it. I, I think I would give well, it a try. Well, hopefully I didn't screw you up on that tasting, but uh, some whiskeys are not meant to be drank neat. And that is what it is. But I hope, hopefully, I didn't taint your uh, opinion. I should have said that. I wouldn't say you tainted my opinion. I, I sw- just, I definitely don't care for that. <laughs> I, I, I switched to a, uh, just so I'm present. My camera's acting up. So I switched to like a regular webcam. But anyway. oh, you're fine, man. Perfect. You're fine. We got you back. Um, One thing yeah. I did want to touch on before true? we wrap this whole thing up and put a bow on it true. is one thing that intrigued me was the pairing, pairing of whiskeys and wild game this is probably like the most exciting point that i've been waiting very anxiously for this entire time because i wouldn't have a clue what to eat with if i'm having freaking duck squirrel rabbit whitetail backstrap burgers yep. what do you guys got for us because i i was very much looking forward to this this topic yep. you, you want me to do part of it or it's up to you i've got notes on it i've, I've stuff that i've yeah. I'll do I'll do the, like the uh, the scientific side of it. And you can sure. do the rest. All right. So scientifically, what we're talking about is again we talked about these compounds and all that stuff. So what actually happens with whiskey is there's fats in it, not fat like cholesterol, like you know normal fat in food, but there are fats in the whiskey. So you have filtered and non-filtered whiskey. So uh, the filtered whiskey, what they do is they freeze it. So you'll see it like. Most distillers are very proud of whichever choice they pick. They'll pick non-chill filtered or they'll pick chill filtered. So you can, that'll be on the bottle because they're all proud of it. So if they choose chill filtered, what they're doing is they're bringing that whiskey down to a freezing temperature and there will be things that show up. The bottle will get cloudy and they're running it through a filter and they're siphoning all that out. What it is is fats. It's not fats like um, bodybuilder you know, we got to worry about our diet fats. It's just, there's just fats in the whiskey. Like you're not going to get fat drinking non-chill. You know what I mean? It's not, it doesn't actually mean what you think it means. Gotcha. They're just filtering shit out. So in my opinion, which is a very debated thing, like there's Gus and I are on the same page, but the majority of people will debate this is if you were to freeze the whiskey and pull the fats out of it, so you will chill filter it. What you're doing is creating a pure, purer spirit where Gus and I believe that you're doing the opposite. What you're doing is you're robbing the whiskey of flavor. 
So I prefer non-chill filtered. I think a non-chill filtered bourbon or non-chill filtered whiskey is the better way to do it, especially when it comes to pairing, because what you're actually pairing whiskey with is fats. So you can't pair a whiskey. Let me, I don't know the best way to explain it. You can pair a whiskey without fats. You can, it's possible. You can do it, but the results are not going to be the same as pairing a whiskey with fats. So the fats that are in the whiskey, if you were to take a non-chill filtered whiskey, you can base for cheese, for instance, you can basically pick any cheese you want. You just walk into a cheese store and be like, give me that, give me this, give me that. Pow, thanks. And walk home, take those three cheeses, and then taste 10 whiskeys with those three cheeses. And you'll be like, this one tastes better with this. They're all going to pair with it at the end of the day, but you'll find one that tastes better. Okay. So with cheese, it's very easy. With wild game meat, it, it gets hard because there's not a lot of fat in it. Yeah. So what usually what you're looking for is that it's hard to do, and we we do it a specific way where if you kill a deer today and you butcher it today, I'm not going to be able to pair anything with it because the meat's going to taste like fucking iron, and I'm going to have to pick a fucking shitty whiskey to make it overcome. Like, it's got to be super strong to overpower the iron that's in there. But if you were to kill a deer correctly and hang it for three to seven days or whatever your thing is. Mm -hmm. We all have different things. There's no way to say like five days is correct, three days is seven, whatever. I need that deer to come out of rigor mortis. I need all the fluids to drain out of the meat. I need it to hang for a little bit before freezing. Then you compare a whiskey based on what type of animal it is. So we all know bear and deer taste different. White tail, black tail taste different. Elk, taste different. They all taste different. We know what a white-tailed deer tastes like. So we have those profiles already in our head. But when you, what, what's cool about the wild game pairing, which is typically what we do, is, is we're going to be like backstrap heart. I'm not going to tell you it's heart, and I'm not going to tell you it's Jim Beam. So you just show up, it's a piece of white-tail meat, it's a piece of whiskey. I know that heart is going to be this type of flavor profile. I know backstrap is going to be this type of flavor profile. I know that if I were to smoke a shoulder, it's going to be that type of flavor profile. So it takes years of experience, like figuring it out, doing it multiple times. So for you at home, uh, being able to pair whiskey with whitetail meat or any other wild game meat, it's all going to be for, I would recommend doing it on the fat. You need the fattier cuts of meat and you can, you, you have a lot of leeway with the whiskey because, because of the fat. It works. Uh, like I said, any cheese, almost any chocolate, uh, dark chocolate's hard, but anything like milk chocolate with a lot of fats in it, very easy. Um, but when you start getting into whitetail meat, Gus, this is your segue. Yeah. So, I mean, with, with a lean cut of meat, you, you can look at what you're cooking and, and pairing that, uh, that meat with to look, to make that pairing. As we've said previously, taste is subjective. So what one group or what one person may find is a good pairing with a particular cut of meat may, may not, another person may not agree. So what I can say is this for venison, for example, you want to make sure that you're not choosing a, a whiskey or a bourbon that is is overwhelming and overpowering the venison flavor, right? So you want you don't want something, for example, a a double oaked may not be a great choice. You may want something with a lighter flavor, like a uh, a weeded bourbon or maybe even an, an Irish whiskey. If you're not looking for bourbon, again, this is going to depend on how you're preparing that venison. Are you making venison burgers that have been ground with some other type of fat? Are you wrapping a backstrap with bacon? Or are you are you grilling are you grilling the backstrap straight like it is without anything else? As it should be. 
Um, <laughs> Agreed. Paired paired with some paired with something else, right? That maybe has a little bit more fat. So maybe you need to play towards some of the other sides that are complementing that meat and not just that um, you know just that piece of meat itself. And the same thing with with other types of meat, things like duck, which are known for pairing well with fruits, whether it's a fruit mixture or a a wine or whatever the case may be. You may look for a whiskey that has been uh, aged in a Madeira cask, right? One of I think uh, Matt's one of Matt's favorite whiskeys, the Madeira. Is, is, is it Madeira or was the different different cask? It's Madeira, but the the company that makes my favorite doesn't exist anymore, and it's really hard to duplicate. We actually not to segue, but we got a um, I'm not gonna say the name of the company, but they sent us six samples with a major company that we work with. And um, they wanted to do a pick with us, and we we all six samples we didn't like. The Madeira was one of the worst. Oh, but no. typically, I love I love a Madeira finished whiskey. But in this so, sense, it was so for something like a duck or, or a goose, something that has that sort of that darker that darker game uh, waterfowl, you may look for something that has those those complementary fruit notes to it. For something that's more of a light flesh bird, like a quail, even turkey, you may look for something that has a little bit more of a gentle or, or a subtle flavor. Things that offer like sort of the uh, an apple or peach notes. So you're going to look for things like um, some of your uh, some of your Irish whiskeys, like Yellow Spot and Green Spot. You may look for some of your bourbons, like a uh, Jim Beam, or even a some of your Old Forester options that have sort of that banana, peach, and, and apple flavors to it. It's really gonna. It's you have to kind of experiment a little bit with the not only the whiskeys that you like that fit your palate, but what, what do they pair with? And so there's not a straightforward one, you know, one answer for, for every type of meat. You know, I can't tell you if you're cooking elk or, or whitetail or, or mule deer, then you need this whiskey. Uh, you're going to have to experiment a little bit, but there are good general rules that you can sort of follow along with. And um, it really comes down to sort of identifying which type of whiskey pairs well with not only the uh, the flavor profile of that meat, but in the fats that are complementing it, whether it's the complementary fats, uh, the fats in the meat itself, or or fats that are in those uh, you know accompanying dishes uh, or sides. So it's it's a little bit of a process. It's not quite as straightforward. It's just uh, you know x x wild game equals this particular type of uh, type of whiskey. But um, well, for us, like if we take a a uh, we harvest a white tail, or we. I hate the word. I can't believe I just said that. So I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna back it up ten seconds. If I if I straight murder kill with a knife a white tail, I just kill a fucking deer. When I kill a deer and I break it open, I look at their stomach and I see what's inside of it. I can assume kind of what that meat's gonna taste like. If they be eating a shit ton of corn, you can get away with a lot of whiskeys. If it if it's not full of corn, it's full of grass stuff. Like rabbits, for instance, rabbit. You can pair because rat. What do rabbits eat? Grass, green shit. Like everybody knows what a Clover, rabbit tastes yeah. like. When you open a rabbit up, you know what it smells like. So if you were to take a rabbit and pair it with a rye whiskey, because rye whiskeys are typically going to be grassier kind of kind of whiskeys. So if I I could literally not even I don't give a shit where you, outside of a pet store, anyone that brings me a rabbit, I know I could pair that with a with a rye whiskey. So if you were to have an Ida or I or like name a big corn state, if there's deer. When you cut them open, they're full of corn. We're going to look for a corn-dominant whiskey. In the southeast, it's kind of hard because the majority of the shit they're eating is clover or it's just whatever, And it, but it doesn't come through in flavor. 
you're not going to get a lot of clover flavor in whitetail meat. So you need a lighter whiskey. You can't go super dominant on it. And, and that's like what Gus was kind of saying is it just depends on where it came from. Cheese is easy. Chocolate, easy. I can pair like pick a bourbon, pick a cheese. I will, I will build a class around him, but like you feel, you feel how it melds because of the, all the fats. But when you get into wild game, it's just not, not a lot of fat. You need to know what they're eating. You need to know what's in that belly. So if you were to send me a white-tailed deer from Pennsylvania and not tell me anything, I would have to cook some of it and taste it and then build a tasting off of that as opposed to our deer where we know what they're eating. We kill them, we cut their stomachs open, we look inside and, and finger through it, and it's gross. But, you know, I need to know what it smells like. I need to know what the fuck they're eating. If they're eating marsh grass, uh, one of the great examples actually is wood ducks. Uh, we talk about ducks. Uh, wood ducks eat predominantly nuts. So a nutty bourbon would pair amazingly with a wood duck. You know, it's things like that. You have to kind of, it's, it's the same thing. It's experience. Like you can't just walk into a liquor store and know what you want. You can't just walk into a bow shop and know what you want. You, you gotta, you have to have a it's little not, experience. It's not, as, it's not as simple as, you know, seafood, white wine. Yeah. You know, right. That yeah. Kind of, that kind of thing. It's a little more. Cab and red new, meat. Yeah. It's a little more nuanced, uh, but it provides an opportunity to, to have a little bit more fun and, and experiment. Yeah. And that's how we get away with charging for it. <laughs> <Just 'cause laughs> I love it. Because some random fucking person will try to do it and then uh, it doesn't work. And then a lot, it, it, it actually fucks us up some because people will try and do what we're doing. And it's like, dude, I'd rather we negotiate on price and figure it out as opposed to you just doing it on your own. Like, you're not going to be able to do it on your own. Yeah. You're just not. So I guess but, this could be a silly question, but how do you know when you have a good pair? I mean, what are you looking for? What is it just going to taste like dog shit or is it going to taste really good together? I mean, do you just know? Being honest, we typically get shit faced. That's, <laughs> that's what I want to hear. You find out because there's so many things to try. I mean, it's like this doesn't work. What's next? Yeah. And we and we work with chefs and a lot of times we'll cheat and we'll use a chef and like. For us to do it ourselves, there's times where, like, this is the pairing. Gus and I could do it ourselves. But there's times where we look at it and go, you want what and what? Like, I don't know how the fuck to do that. So I'll bring a chef in, and so I got to pay the chef. And the chef will come in, and they'll come to the house, or or we'll go to his restaurant after hours at late fucking at night. And then I'll bring whiskey that I'm like, this is the price range that we're in. You know, so I'll spend, we'll spend $1,000 on just, like, this is the price range. So $1,000 might equate to 100 bottles, you know, it, not normally, but, you know, maybe there's 30, 40 bottles. So we'll, I'll show up with 30, 40 bottles in cases and walk in and we'll cook something and then he'll taste it and be like, this is gross. And he'll, t he'll try something else. And then it, so before you know it, it's been hours and we're all just fucking trashed because <laughs> we've been drinking whiskey all night and trying different, we're full, our stomachs hurt. And then we finally come up with a thing, but that that's not the end. Like you got to come back and make sure that's correct. So we'll come back, taste it again. But some of the chefs I work with are, or we work with are Michelin star guys. Like they, they know what the fuck they're doing. They're not the chef, you know, downtown at your local Italian place. They're, they're like Michelin star chefs. They've created insane dishes and their palates are crazy. And so we'll come in and give them a taste of the meat that we've got. And they'll taste it and be like, you know, this reminds me of summer truffles in Australia um, <laughs> on the west side of the bank of whatever fucking river. And they'll order, they'll, you know, they'll, they they know. And so instead of me trying out 
East Bank, West Bank, Australia, New Zealand, whatever the fuck, truffles, they'll just order truffles from that place that they know what it tastes like, and it'll show up, and we'll eat it together, and we're like, that's it. That truffle pairs perfectly with that meat, and then and now it's time to dive into the whiskey. There's a lot more into it, and, and we get hit up a lot with people that just are like, well, I lost my job or whatever, and like, I get it. Like, times are fucking hard, man. I understand. I'm not we're not in no, we're hundred percent supportive. It, like the messages we get where people are like sending us memes or whatever the fuck, we're not going to respond. But people reach out to us and they're like, I want to do what you're doing. Like I want to do pairings in this city or whatever the fuck. Can you help me? And I'm like, I can't over Instagram, but if you can find a way here, when we do our next event, if you can find a way, I'll show you exactly hundred percent step-by-step how we do it. And we've had people follow. I, we actually have one, the Jimmy Redcorn was uh, High Wire Distillery is having an yep. event. I think next weekend or two weekends from now, we have we have a, a couple that's coming down, and we're gonna spend. I'm gonna spend the whole fucking day with them, and just like take them around town with a flask with different things in it, and we're just gonna, I'm gonna show them. This is how you do it. Try this. You see all the ingredients in this meat or this dish. Try this shit with it. Try that. It's like we're we're an open book. Like we want to help people. Like it's it's not like a silent thing. It's just. It's too much to explain in, in in a in a an Instagram message, you know. It's too much to explain in an email. Yeah. There's a lot to it. It's like this. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. That's why we're the only ones really fucking doing it. It's because they get into it and they realize, oh shit, I have no idea what I'm doing. They do one pairing, one tasting, and it flops and it's terrible. Nobody understands what what, what you're trying to do. And it's it's real. It's a lot harder than I guess we make it look. Or whatever. I don't, you know, I'm not trying to say I'm trying to toot my horns or shit, but like we put a lot of work into our classes. We put a lot of effort into our pairings. It's a lot more than when you show up for it. There's hours and hours of work that went into you showing up. It's not just some shit we threw together. It's so it's hard to say. No, I can definitely appreciate that, man. And I'm going to throw a really specific scenario at you. Okay. I kind of want a little bit of a suggestion from both of you. Let's say we're hunting a property and there is potential. This is still on the wild game pairing topic. Let's say there's potential that this deer is mostly eating corn, but it could also be eating white oak acorns. It could also be eating apple and it could also be eating marsh grasses. If you took those four things, what kind of whiskey would you specifically recommend? That's pretty oddball, I know, but like, what do you got for me? So that's a lot of flavors. That is a Um, lot of flavors. I would either dial down on one. But mm-hmm. if if you were to if you were to gun to my head pick all four I would go with an Irish whiskey because you're gonna get a lot of the grain flavors that you're talking about yeah and very little of the wood which they're not gonna have a lot of wood flavor in that from that diet but your the the Irish flavors are gonna be very subtle very grassy very grainy very you know just uh, natural is what Irish whiskey is gonna taste like so I would probably go with like a a red breast Lustau because Lustau is going to give you the Lustau finish, which is a little sweet. And that's not a cheap bottle. Well, how much is, uh, let me look it up. I think it's like an 80 bucks. Let me look and see. What do you think, Gus? Hey, for the price or for, <clears throat> for my choice of bourbon? For that? Well, for what I just said, it's 85.99. I see 90. I see 62. Yeah. So you're looking around 70 bucks. Red breast Lustau is what I would pair with that. Interesting. But again, that's, you're going to get 12 people per bottle. So it, it, you know, that's 12 feet. So six, so say it's 90 bucks after tax, 90 divided by 12. That's your cost of entry for one whiskey. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's 12 so people. I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of go in the complete opposite end of the spectrum. And you're looking at a a wide variety of potential flavors based on what the game is eating right. and dieting on. So so looking for something that that's kind of well balanced um to potentially to meet all those. I'm gonna go back to the conversation we had earlier and why we recommend certain bottled and bond things. And I'm gonna I'm going to lean on my my favorite yeah. daily drinker. And that's Evan that Williams. Be- Evan Williams bottle the bond. That would have been um, my second. It's a it's a twenty dollar bottle at Total Wine or just about any place you buy it. And at a hundred proof, it's not going to drink too hot or too spicy. It's it's going to have all those quintessential uh, bourbon and whiskey flavors uh, that are going to just kind of shoot right down the middle. You know, like a MLB fast you know fastball. It's going to hit just enough of, of everything in terms of your floral, your fruit notes, and those those barrel sort of wood wood notes. And I think it would pair well. Uh, with any of those and with that said it doesn't have to be evan williams bottled and bond i think you could go with an early times or heaven hill or russell's or any other uh, bottled and bond product that, that's out there and available i think you would do well i'd push back on the <laughs> the evan williams i think it should be the evan williams but like i said 12 people per bottle so if we did the evan williams that's a dollar 91 per person where if we did the red breast looking at what did i say 80 yeah yeah so eighty divided by twelve, we're looking at six dollars and sixty. So six x x six dollars sixty cents <laughs> per person. But again, that's one one bottle. You're right. you're not gonna you're not gonna do a tasting with one bottle. You have to have at least three. Damn. Um, there you and go. so you know the the cost adds up. But but Gus is hundred percent right. I mean these these you have to. My recommendation would, and I don't know what they have in Pennsylvania. I don't know. I don't know what exactly is there but i would even offer this like if you were to like don't expect me to answer immediately but next time you go to a liquor store take a picture of some stuff and and send it to to us and um and we'll tell you like this is this is you should try this try that but the bottom bond thing it's the evan williams the jim beam the early times like all of those bottles that's where you should be as a novice whiskey drinker like if you're if you if like i said on that where are you zero zero to ten I told you we're a four after everything we've talked about tonight. I'm a four. The reason why Gus and I are four is because if you were to be like, here's a distillery, run it. <laughs> That's a 10, right? <laughs> I, I, yeah. I can't. It's, it's not, it has nothing to do with exactly the spirit, but it's also like the financial. Like, how do you buy grain? What kind of grain do you want? What kind of mash bill? How do you run a still? What kind of barrels are you going to buy? What kind of char do you want? You want level one, two, three, four, five? There's a level six that doesn't really exist, but it, it exists in this scenario. But it's like, I, I don't have that. I can't, I, you know, it's just too much. It's, and, and, and we always will run that by. So, you know, we're, we, we just want to help and we can't help everybody, but if we can help you, like you have a podcast. So if we can help you turn you into like, uh, you know, uh, without paying for the whiskey classes, turn you into a whiskey, like taster, salmon, yay, if you will, like turn you into that stuff. Like we would love to help you. So it's, you know, you go and take a picture, send it to us. And then like, Next time you go, we can tell you what to buy. But as as far as doing tastings, it's just it's really hard. It takes a lot of it's a lot harder than you would think it would be. It's not as simple as this is what spline, this is how many pounds you're pushing, this is the grain broadhead you need, this is the kind of errors you need, three fletch, four fletch. It's not that simple. You can't just go to a whiskey store and ask the guy at the whiskey store is not as smart as the guy at the boat. I guess that's the best way to put Good it. Good point. Good point. That that's that's excellent. I love that. 
man, there's so many things that I want to go into from this point. And I'm, I'm not sure where you want to take it, Austin, because we, we are in deep at this point. But, but I love that, like, my own perspective, I need to quit just finishing bottles. I need to start creating a collective. Because I just, I'll buy a bottle and yes. I'll drink it until it's gone. <laughs> yeah. And I'll buy a no, bottle no, no, and I'll no. drink it until it's gone. That's what I Don't do. do that. That's what uh, I do. Buy bottles. <laughs> Collect. Just buy shit. Collect. Yeah. yeah. But. And don't spend a lot of money, full, man. Just buy yeah. shit. Full disclosure, like you can do it without spending a ton of money. Like I don't yeah. know if you guys. You have, don't need like, to spend money. That's. I don't know if you guys have families or kids. Like I have, I have a wife. I have three kids. Like I got two kids. I don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't like. They're all of them are in the scouts. They all play sports and other things like that. I don't have tons of money to spend on bourbon. That being said, you don't have to invest a ton of money to to create a good collection. The, yeah. the key is to get a, a friend without kids who comes it happens it happens upon bottles and, and it was like, <laughs> hey, do you want this? And you're like, yeah, sure. Well, yeah, sure, I'll take it. You don't That's have kids? Good... I do not. Hey, no. Chuck, I want this. Me neither. Me neither. <laughs> so we're like, we're like the same. Gus we has are. kids, I don't. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you the secret. I'll tell you the secret. You guys, you guys fucked up wanting to have whiskey because now whiskey is an expense that you can't write off. Like all your hunting stuff, you can write it off. I don't know if you own an LLC, but you should. You should have multiple. I own several. Most of them are complete dog shit, but I use them for write-offs. <laughs> it's totally legal. I don't feel guilty about it. And I'm a, I'm a fucking patriot. Like care about the country. But like the taxes thing is crazy. But like for us, whiskey and whitetails, we're like, we both drink a lot of whiskey and we hunt. So so now any bottle I buy, I literally can take a picture of it and put it in my Instagram story. And that is now a business write-off. Nice. So I have a massive whiskey collection because I don't have kids. So Gus has three kids. I have a shit ton of whiskey. Those, it's like, who's going to take care of me when I'm dead? Gus's kids. It's not going to be, <laughs> it's, it's not going to be the whiskey collection. The but, difference is that he has to track like how many bottles you have. I try 200 I, something I have different, four, right? Over 400 at this point. Yeah, 400 and something different write-offs. I have yeah. three write-offs to track. That's yeah. It. But my, but, but to me, I'm not bothered by kids. I can sit down at the computer and, and just like throw it in once a month. Yeah. I just sit down and go, this is what I bought. But it's, it's the whiskey thing is hard because it's unlike most disciplines. You actually have to own a lot of it in order to understand what the fuck you're talking about. Like you just can't like we have. So whiskey wise has a great name, right? Like we, and I'm not saying that as a uh, like pompous. I'm just saying every time we go to an event or we're at a show or whatever we're doing, well, if you walk by and go whiskey whitetails, like it's just, it's just like everybody always says it. But we also know that because our cease and desist letters, which we rarely send, it's literally only when like it's sent to me. If someone, I'm not searching the internet for someone using whiskey whitetails. And there's a podcast, a hunting podcast that I'm sure you're aware of, that they they claim to be the the whiskey and whitetails podcast studio. We have never sent them a cease and desist. Gus and I personally don't fucking care. However, our lawyer is a fucking savage and we pay him to be one, right? So people open an account or whatever called Whiskey White and our lawyer just goes fucking ham. And there's nothing we do about it. It's just, it's him. We pay him to be a lawyer. He paid for our trademark or we paid him to do the trademark, blah, blah, blah et cetera. It's part of the contract. So how the fuck did I get on that topic? <laughs> I don't know. Because we're talking about either. writing off bottles and a whole bunch of bottles. Oh, and that's what it is. You can create so, an entire yeah. thing without spending a lot of money. So for the company, so for the company, like we have to protect the name because in the event that the IRS is like, well, there's which whiskey and wine tells are you? It's like, you know, we have to protect the thing and make it a thing. So 
for us to like I have a massive bourbon collection because I know I can write it off and I don't have kids for a write off. I have to use whiskey and it, like, you know, poor pitiful me. But <laughs> the whole point of that is that like it takes all of those bottles to do what we do. Like you can't just you can't just start a podcast and be like, we hunt and we like whiskey and we can do pairings and tastings for you. It just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna rob people of money because you didn't put any thought, any effort into it. It's not easy. It you have to develop all this stuff. And so that's like our thing is like developing all of it. But also we're not protective of it. Like we'll tell you everything. We, we've told you a bunch of stuff tonight. I mean, like it's we want we want the hunting community to understand that the the campfire part is very fucking important, you know? And as you guys know, I mean we talked about it earlier in this podcast, like you guys also, you look at yourself as, you know, it's that's what it is. It's the after the hunt. And and our problem, Gus and I, we, we talk about it all the time. Gus having kids, he's scared that his kids are not going to understand that because it is a dying thing. There are not people out there that are willing to continue this idea. It's, it's disgusting that you kill animals. You need to go and buy your meat from a store like a civilized adult and quit putting blood on your hands, you fucking savage. <laughs> and it's so disgusting to us. And so, so that's the whole point of, of the company is like, we, we don't really, we would much rather work with a hunt club and teach whiskey classes as opposed to work with a whiskey club and teach hunting classes. But that being said, we would also love to teach whiskey guys how to hunt. It's just typically it's the other way around. Usually the sophisticated bourbon drinker sees us as disgusting animal killers. And it's sad. It's it's not a good, it's not a good thing, you know? And so we, we hit we hit a lot of roadblocks as a company. We're banned on almost everything. We can't advertise anywhere. We're we're banned from Google Ads, Instagram. I mean everything. Any social media. Google Ads is the only one we can advertise on. Okay, so we had we still do yeah. have Google Ads, but outside Facebook, of that, Facebook and Instagram and TikTok, all of it, we're yeah. banned. No can't shit. Advertise. We're banned because we we kill animals and that's disgusting. And <laughs> and to us, it's and like it, and if it's not because we kill animals, it's because we're we have. It's because of the whiskey, alcohol. Yeah. yeah, it's it doesn't matter if you follow their guidelines. It doesn't matter if you yeah they'll make their they, own they guidelines. Find some, yeah, they find some reason to 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 give you a strike, and then before you know it, you've had too many strikes, and there's no second. Stop. The only way we grow is through the community, and the access to the community is it's not terrible, you know, but it's it's also not what it used to be. Yeah, I think like you the, guys the, uh, could really benefit from an idea that. I don't know if you know or if you've seen the the YouTube videos of the guy that does the drone deer recovery. Have you seen that guy yep. out of Ohio? 100%. Yeah. Yep. Yep. yeah. So he does classes now where he will teach you how to do the drone deer recovery. And however, you know, he's going to teach you and they're going to pay him money to do that. Right. What I think you guys could benefit from is doing these classes. But also, as you mentioned earlier, that you're interested in teaching other people. Why don't you put your name on that and and brand it in almost like a, you know, think of a chain restaurant style where these people are are doing these things, but they're doing it under, I mean, maybe not under the Whiskey and Whitetail's name, but there's some kind of kickback to Whiskey and Whitetail. So when these people go out and they do their classes, there's some kind of recognition for you guys. I mean, I I think that's something you could benefit from, but maybe that's just not possible because... Well, I don't know what I'm talking we had about. a business partner that had the same pitch, which is a great pitch. But the problem is I hire, like, who am I going to hire? I hire some fucking guy. 
you know, and he comes in, he's just here to make a dollar, you know. So we pay for him to fly to Pennsylvania, goes to your hunt club, and he's just, he's like living it up. Like, I've never had a free flight before. I've never had a free hotel before. And then he comes to your class, he's like, do you like whiskey? Do you like hunting? I've never hunted before, but, and, and that's the problem. The only way we can teach our class, unfortunately, is is us. Like, mm-hmm. and that's the reason we charge a premium for it. Because in order to get that experience of whitetail, lifelong whitetail hunters and experienced in whiskey, the only way to get that out of whiskey and whitetails is is Gus and I. And and we've it sucks, you know. I wish that this was a Papa John's franchise that I could just <laughs> franchise and sell to everybody. But the problem is, I'd make them do it under another name because I don't want to taint whiskey and whitetails. We are yeah. known. For our quality classes, we're known for stump the chump, which is like at the end of the class, ask me fucking anything. I'll tell you the answer. I guarantee. And if I can't, I won't leave until I find the answer, yeah. which never happens. I usually have the answer. But if I were to hire a fucking guy, we've even looked, dude, we've looked so deep into this. We've, we've thought about like, what is our ideal guy, right? So I'm a veteran. I have access to veterans. If I were to find a whitetail hunting veteran that likes whiskey, that would be the ideal guy to buy, Right. But he's going to be 70, 60, 70, 80 years old, and you can't teach him a fucking thing. And I send him to the club. He's going to be fun. You're going to have a good time. You can tell you war stories. But if you say something like, what is bottled and bond? He'll be like, I don't know, some fucking good ass matter, Gus. You know, it's like that. It ruins the experience because now he doesn't have the answer to the question. Our, our, our like whole pitch on this is we have the answers to the question. Like we can teach you. Anything you want to know, any question you have, I'll, like I guarantee almost any question. I've never been, there's never been a time where someone's asked a question. I know the answer whiskey wise, Gus and I both. If, if I don't know what Gus knows, if Gus doesn't know what I get, I know it. But the problem with all of that is like, you can't franchise that because it's carnal knowledge. It can't, I can't sell you a whiskey class that you can go and do on your own. You, you have to actually put in the work. And um, it sucks. I mean, I wish we could franchise this and put this out to everybody, but our schedules are so tight. I mean, we can only do so much and we have great partners. We work with great people and, you know, that stuff's got to come first. So unfortunately, the majority of what we're asked to do, we can't do because we're just, we're just too tight. Yeah. I think the better opportunity would not be a franchise in which you put your name on it. I think the better opportunity is in marketing. In which, like you said, a couple coming down and they're going to go take your class. You're going to spend an entire day with them. They're going to teach you everything you want. At the end of the day, what you want those people to do is go home and do their classes with their own people. But you want them to be mentioning your name. They want it to, You want them to be at least bringing you guys up. So when it comes down to it, somebody 100%. is Googling you uh, at the 100%. end of the day. And that's what I meant by it. You know, Not, not technically yeah. paying other people, but just a, a broader marketing to, to help so expand. Our, our- our version of that is our cocktail smokers. So we sell cocktail smokers, which if you look at a typical cock, if you were to go like Google or Amazon, a cocktail smoker, it'll be a funnel looking device with a top and a metal dish strainer that goes inside of it. And then you got to take chunks of wood, wood chips, put them inside mm-hmm. of it, light them on fire and then cover it. And it smokes the glass. So one, you're going to run out of wood chips Two. You're now burning this metal dish strainer that's blowing who knows what toxins into your whiskey. Like for for us, that's it's a, it's a non-starter. So our whiskey our whiskey smoker, what we sell, which is actually the first product we ever sold, is made from bourbon barrels. And so we take a bourbon barrel, which is non-treated in any way, 
and it's it's spent years holding whiskey. So the entire stave itself is soaked in whiskey for years. And so what we do is we route it out wide enough to fit your glass. And so you light the thing on fire, put your glass on top of it, capture that flame, and it'll smoke the glass. And then that will give you a smoked glass, and which is the point. The smoke sticks to the glass. So you pour the whiskey or the cocktail in it, you swirl it around, and it'll eat up all that smoke off the glass. So that was like our entry level. This is who we are. And so we use that for a long time for promoting the company or whatever. So for as far as our whiskey classes go, our marketing part of that is now when our with our as a non-starter. This is what our classes cost and everybody in the class gets a cocktail smoke. We give them the ex- same example I just gave you, why we make it, why we sell it, why it's better than the competition. In our opinion there is no competition. You're buying Chinese junk or you're buying our shit. Period. It's just it's just is what it is. You're buying Chinese shit that you're blowing metal chunks in your glass or you're buying our cocktail smoker so when we do these whiskey classes we include that with it and that is our go home they go home and they they try to tell their husband their wife their whatever the fuck this is what happened at this class and this is a cocktail smoker i got and then people are intrigued and that's giving us repeat business but like i said it's just gus and i so there's not a lot we can do we've had people offer to fly us like they want us to come to um where was that lady from Michigan, I think she yes. had this huge wedding. Yeah. She wanted us to come up there. We're like, we'll do it, but you got to pay for the flight and fucking I'm not cheap. I don't fly, you know, shitty seats. You know, I, I don't require first class, but I'm not going to sit in the middle. You know, if I'm leaving my house, I'm not going to sit in the middle. So I got to have an outside. And that's a stupid <laughs> thing to say, but you know what I mean? It's, you know, I'll sleep in a motel eight. Like I don't give a shit about the accommodations, but you still got to pay for the flight. You got to pay for the hotel. You got to pay for me taking off work. It's just expensive for us to leave South Carolina. So it's the majority of what we do is is local. And we have a ton of offers to do stuff not local. It's just the the money isn't there. If this is a full-time gig, it'd be whatever. But, we're, you know, we're regular guys, you know. Like, we have full-time jobs that we have to go to work. And, you know, I just – I can't see where we would be, ever be cheap. And and that's fine. It's It's okay. It's like you can't – it's not that you can't afford it. It's just that we're too expensive for you. Or I don't actually, there's no, what's the better way to say it? Are we, are we too expensive or I'm. No, it's not that we're too expensive. We're just not in everybody's budget. We're just not in everybody's budget. That, that, that's it. <laughs> and it's, it, is, it has nothing to do with us saying like, we're the best in the world. Like I would never say that I'm, I'm the most critical person of myself. Gus knows I, the majority of nights I can't sleep because I'm so hard on myself and like podcasts are, I love doing them. But like as soon as we hang up, I'll be slamming my face against the wall. Like you're a fucking piece of shit. Why did yeah. you say that? Like my everybody's gonna, gonna think you're an asshole. My like, phone will blow up with. Should I have yeah. said that? Did I say? Can, this can we delete sure. this? Is that fucked up? Should I tell him? I'm telling you, it's I'm my worst critic. So there's nothing anyone could ever say about whiskey and white tails that would bother me. It's trust me, I've already said it. So what you're saying is we should go on Timu right now and uh, buy a cocktail smoker. I think so for nine ninety nine. Now. When you when you I do, hope catches, I hope it catches fire when you try to use it. <laughs> what I'm saying is, when we do our podcast together and we schedule that date, I'm going to send you a cock, two cocktail smokers with glasses, which we don't sell. And if they're broken on the way, that's UPS's fault, not mine. Uh, I'm going to send you glasses with cocktail smokers and torches. You got to buy butane. We can't ship butane. We don't have the uh, license for shipping flammable goods, apparently. 
but we'll ship you all that shit. And I won't, I won't forget. I owe you some wild turkey. I owe you some stuff. So, like when we do our podcast, no, there's nothing to buy. We're gonna send you it'll, some stuff. It'll be a, it'll be a fun podcast. Oh yeah, man. guys. I love like yeah. that. Well, I think that's a perfect place to put a bow on this thing. Hundred percent. I I love it. That that was exactly what I wanted it to be. It was so much fun. Uh, we got so deep into some whiskey talk. You know, I. I told him at the beginning of this, this was going to be one of the most extraordinary podcasts that we've done yet. And I think it lived up to that for sure. Thanks to you guys. I, I appreciate it. I, uh, I hope yeah. it didn't go too long. I think we're close to three hours. This would be the second longest podcast that we've personally done, Matt and I. Second like, only to, yeah, it, it, it went by really fast. It yeah. didn't feel like that. Yeah, I feel like all. 10 yeah. minutes. It, Crazy. Yeah. So, we had a great time. We pre- really appreciate you guys having us. Absolutely, man. You, I'll probably break this one into two parts, but you know, cool. you guys might be close to our longest podcast. I think our longest one was like my thirty-first birthday. We got drunk as shit with Clint Casper. Yeah, Which it's hard to at? say because we switched the cards. This, so there was an recording. hour forty-five so, left on that one, or right. on the first one, and we're at we started at nine, minutes. right? And we're yeah. almost at midnight. Yeah, yeah. Holy so, shit! I don't, man. I don't remember when I hit when I hit record, but my my mixer says two hours and 51 minutes. Oh, yeah. shit. It's good Damn, though, man. Sorry about that. No. Sorry, everybody. We didn't mean to go that long. There's no. No dude, apologies necessary. I have been intrigued the entire time. Yeah. I, this is exactly awesome. what I wanted. There was no point where I blanked out, lost interest. No. And, you know, and I guarantee you, anybody listening to this, it's going to be the same way. Whether we post it in one episode or two, I don't care because I think people will listen the whole way through. Yeah. It's fantastic. Hell yeah. Well, one thing we always ask our guest is if there was it, like after editing and listen, if or you re-listen or whatever, if you if you do it right now, just write down some things that you didn't get to that you wanted to know or wanted to talk about, and then we'll do another one. We'll do it again. Absolutely, and we'll cover those things. Yeah, perfect. Y'all are welcome. I back can't here say this is anytime. probably the easiest podcast we've ever done. This is like a really good conversation. I think I love I it, man. It, dude, I learned so much from yeah. this, and like this is gonna sound really weird, but. I can't wait to tell my dad about it. <laughs> my, my dad's a big bourbon guy, and uh, this is going to be a good one to chat with him about. Heck yeah, man. We can't wait to have you on our podcast and uh, and let y'all talk the whole time. So we're <laughs> looking forward to it. That's, we'll, we'll get this lined up. I think it's funny, the similarities between your group and ours, because it, it, there's just too many of them. It's, it's freaking hilarious. But before we let you go, we have to give you the opportunity to at least shout out where people can find yeah. you and all that good stuff. Thank you. Yeah, so you can find us at whiskeyandwhitetails.com. We're very active on Instagram. Instagram is definitely our biggest post or whatever, Whiskey and Whitetails on Instagram. The TikTok thing, we, like we kind of got away from it after whatever the fuck, you know, public. Uh, <laughs> but you can, you can find us for podcasts. You can find us everywhere. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google. We're, on, we're everywhere. You can actually ask Siri to play Whiskey and Whitetails. We'll pull up. Is, it, is there anything I miss, Gus? No, that's pretty much it, man. All, all the major social media platforms, Instagram, uh, Facebook. We're on TikTok. We're on um, Twitter. X. Or, I'm sorry, X. X. Yeah. <laughs> X. Whatever you want, whatever we're calling it these days. Yeah. So you can find us pretty much anywhere. If you just search Whiskey and Whitetails, uh, you'll find us one way or another. Yeah. Check out yeah. their website as well. Go buy yourself a, a nice little smoker kit because that thing is awesome. That torch and the... It looks really, really sharp. I gotta be honest. I like the cigar stuff. This cigar one's on. freaking yeah. beautiful. That's absolutely beautiful. The little cigar holders and everything too. Yeah, you guys have some we'll really t- awesome we'll, products on there. We'll, Thank we'll you, man. You. They're they're all made of bourbon barrels, but we'll, we'll tell you just 
because we didn't uh, prepare a code for you, but we use a code podcast, which gives you 20, which is our greatest discount. So code podcast gives you 20% off. You can also use code uh, pirate ship, which gives you free shipping. So pirate ship, like pirate ship. So I love I pirate ship. Free like shipping. The website, yeah. yeah. I don't know if pirate ship or 20% off works better than one or the other, but you know, try them both. Right. See, what, see what makes it cheaper. I like it. Well, I guess that's that.